The Solid 7 Podcast is a proud affiliate of GoRuck. GoRuck designs and builds the toughest gear on the planet, including footwear, apparel, and rucks. Oh, a backpack. Like a backpack, if backpacks were made to last under the toughest conditions in the world. Mm. Everything they make is backed by their Scars Lifetime Guarantee and is tested and proven over and over and over again at GoRuck's events held all over the world and led by current and former Special Forces combat veterans. The GoRuck brand stands for Building Better Americans, the Special Forces way of life, and a life-or-death approach to building the world's toughest gear. Visit Solid7Podcast.com and click on the GoRuck link to learn more about their gear and events, and a portion of every purchase and event registration that you make will go to support us here at the Solid 7 Podcast. never gets old hello and welcome to another another phenomenal if i do say so myself solid seven podcast hey josh hello how's it going buddy good we are uh, by our powers combined a uh, a better than average podcast but just barely we are of course not a show about nothing that's seinfeld also entertaining. It's just not what we do. Um, we're just uh, we're just not a show about any one thing. Each week we get together, we do this. Uh, we get together, we hang out, and uh, we talk about whatever's going on in the world that interests us. And we invite you to join us. And of course, more often than not, we invite a guest to join along. And tonight, we welcome our very good buddy, Jason Shorey. Welcome, dude. Yay. Hello, hello. Uh, Thank you for having me. Long overdue. Long overdue. This should have happened sooner. And that's on us. <laughs> that's on us, not uh, not you. But uh, I still here. wish we could have done that while we were at the Ford Museum yes. in Detroit. That would have been awesome. Yes. One of these days, we'll definitely do an in-person episode. But in the meantime, we are, of course, as always, fueled by the delicious American-made Jocko fuel. Cheers, gents. Cheers, man. So, uh, I, I unfortunately don't have one. Um, no. There are no Wawa's up here, and I would have had to get one mail-ordered, and, uh, well, it yeah. didn't happen. You live in a, well, you know, in these trying times, it's, uh, I got real sick of, in these trying times, and I got real sick of, um, you know, out of an abundance of caution, when it often was not an abundance of caution. It was just uh, an appropriate amount of caution. Out of an abundance of caution, especially early on when nobody knew what was going on. Uh, out of an abundance of caution. No, no, this is warranted caution. That's what this is. Initially, <laughs> then it got a little OD. So, well, what's funny is, uh, you know, it, it's at this point, it's become like, uh, I don't know, the uh, Fast and the Furious franchise. I just keep trying to bring it back. I'm like, just, just let it die. Like, everybody wants us to get worked up now because... Pelosi pop positive. She's 115 years old and she's asymptomatic. Who cares? Why are you even telling me you're positive? I think I think the worry was the fact that there was close contact between her and and the the president. Uh, and well, he's like 115 too. So, I, but again, she's not sick. She's not sick. If it wasn't for a testing protocol, you wouldn't know she had it. She's not sick. This is literally a nothing burger. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, slap, at least at this point, yeah, slap it, it between seems. two buns. It's a nothing burger, but 
I digress. I do. I would like to say, once again, we drive the news here at the Solid 7 Podcast. COVID was on its way out. We do a big COVID-related podcast. Boom, Nancy Pelosi has COVID. Yeah, we actually, uh, up here, we just got alerts. Um, I, I This was one of those time periods that I really hated not living in Florida anymore and being in a, uh, a Nazi state. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, <laughs> are you ever behind enemy lines? <laughs> And uh, it's funny because I was getting alerts popping off and stuff from news agencies and all kinds of stuff that uh, there's been like 300 and something new cases in <sighs> Michigan. And I'm like, good Lord, guys, come on. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of yeah, funny. Your governor's like the anti-DeSantis, which she would yeah. like, she would wear this badge of honor. She'd be proud to, to hear that said, but I don't mean that positively. I think she's actually said that as a, as a matter of fact, at yeah, some I th- point, I think that's going to be her next campaign slogan. I am not Ron DeSantis. <laughs> I, I do. I do love the one aspect is, I mean, uh, you, you look at, you look at the state as a whole and it's kind of like California or anything like that. You have these little pockets that are very heavily populated and those are very liberal run, but the, the entire state almost in its entirety is all very, very red, especially in Northern Michigan where I'm at. And uh, also, fortunately, because it's so rural up here, it while it affected us from the aspects of less stuff being in the stores and stuff like that, um, very little issue anywhere up here. No one harassing anybody, whether you wore a mask or not. Or um, it, it was it was definitely very more relaxed in, in comparisons to most places. Definitely more than downstate, where it was a hotbed. Yeah, I think that's the experience in a in a lot of blue states. Like I've got a lot of family in Illinois. And it's, you know, Illinois is a, a quote unquote deep blue state, but it's it's not. Springfield and Chicago are deep blue. And where my family's at in central Illinois, I tell you, you go out on my uncle's farm in central Illinois. And, you know, if you didn't have GPS and it's not the winter, you'd have a hard time not knowing that you were in the south. I mean, it's just. Yeah, um, yeah there's so. all kinds of the uh, well, they're not they're not let's go Brandon flags, but they, they flat out say f off biden and look all over the place yeah they're kind, of, not, kind of funny they're not even bothering with the no, uh, the subtext no. just uh <laughs> go which i mean whatever like i'm not crazy about uh you know the way our public discourse is just completely degraded to, to frat house status uh but at the same time all the pearl clutching over it now um about You know, things like Let's Go Brandon, which is, again, still uncouth, obviously, right? It's potty humor. It's whatever. But it is funny. It's even at least, at least there's kind of a joke there, right? The origin story is funny. Like, obviously, that's not what the crowd at the the NASCAR race was chanting, obviously. Um, So, at least it's a little tongue-in-cheeky, though, where it's like we had four years of just vile, vile things being said about President Trump, and no, no pearls were clutched. No, it wasn't. Let's show respect for the office. It wasn't none of that. So it's like, hey, turn. You know, at some point, somebody's got to be the grown up and stop. But there's also a little bit of, hey, turnabout's fair play. Like, uh, if you want to say, hey, you shouldn't do that, that's fine. You just don't have much of a leg to stand on after doing it for four years. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, what's what's it, Kathy Griffin? Uh, was that who it was that literally posted the video <laughs> of beheading Trump? Yeah. And I, I mean, I hate her. There's, uh, yeah, that was, all of that stuff was extreme. And, and I know at least she the did most. Get, she did get some crap for that head beheading <sighs> thing, though, which no, I was she, surprised she got any crap. But she I did was get a too, lot. But, but yeah, not as, I mean, Will Smith has gotten more than she has at this point. Oh, in yeah. The game, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So, well, and that's like not as much. She didn't get as much crap as if anybody, uh, quote unquote, on the right. Um, if it, which, yeah, if it was flipped, the those people, she would have been like completely canceled and deplatformed and probably lynched. But then because she was blue, it seemed like ah, slap on the hand. That well, ah, it was a little too far. Anyways, like then they well, moved on. And part of the problem with that was you know, and and maybe this part isn't Kathy's fault, right? Maybe she's just a victim of woke culture. And and here's here's my point here is that like she thought it'd be okay. Because she's a comedian. Jokes are supposed to be okay. You're supposed to be edgy. And the problem is that woke woke culture has convinced people that if they just say they're a thing, then they're that thing. So Kathy can say she's a comedian, but sweetheart, comedians are funny. And so just calling yourself that doesn't make you a comedian, Kathy. And maybe that's why it was a little more offensive than it otherwise would have been. This is, of course, me mocking that Kathy Griffin, just not that funny. I mean, she's uh, even on Seinfeld. You just hated her. Like she wasn't even funny. Like it was, she was just the worst. And I feel like that's who she actually is. Who she was in Seinfeld. That's that's my head canon. That's who she is. Yeah. Didn't she end up doing like some big whiny one woman show? Wasn't that part of the about how awful Jerry was? Am I remembering that right? Yeah. 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 That sounds about right. I I got to the point where I just kind of started avoiding it. Uh, that was kind of around that phase where I started kind of having to shut off social media and not pay as much attention to it because I found myself just wanting to argue with people for nothing and getting angry. So I just kind of just turned it off. <laughs> That's always the challenge for me is because I love a good debate. Like I love a good debate. I know Jason, you can't identify it with that um, <laughs> at all. And we've never gone round and round ourselves. Um, <laughs> But and so like it's just there. It's and, and and it would be fun if people like if you could just be civilized and do it for sport. Like I can debate and not be mad and not hate you. It's a good time, right? Like maybe we learn something, maybe we don't. But a nobody's having fun. It's all hatred. And not once in all the times I've been like, let me provide some context to this error that you have presented on social media. Um, never once has that resulted in somebody going you know what? You've, you've made a great point. I, not only, I, I don't even like I'd settle for, I'm not looking for, I, I changed my mind. You're right. I'm on your side. Even just a, I'll have to think about that. It doesn't happen. It doesn't, it doesn't exist. Especially uh, now. No. Yeah. Especially now it's completely gone out the door. No. And I, and, and I mean this on all sides, it's literally just, you know, if you've ever been at a, a zoo, when the primates are angry, they start flinging poop. That, and it's the, the ultimate metaphor for social media. Angry primates throwing poop. Actually, actually, everybody keeps trying to launch their own uh, social media sites now, uh, and they all just kind of fall flat. I think angry primates has potential. <laughs> so I, you heard it here, folks. So that's, that's, that's intellectual property. That's mine. If nobody can make angry primates uh, social media site without giving me a cut. You just have to start using the hashtag. <laughs> but I mean, let's let's call it let's call it what it is. Let's just be honest. Angry primates. All right, go throw down. Let's do it. Yeah, that's exactly why I hopped off all the things because it was just dumb. Everything's dumb. I I I've unfortunately had to go back onto it, uh, especially with where I'm at right now because we 
stream and we do all kinds of stuff. So there's a lot of promotion and stuff that goes through Facebook and through social media. Right. Uh, so there is that aspect and, and that's how like people will get in contact with us and all of that kind of stuff as well. So right. um, I've had to re-engage, but, and, and I found it hard sometimes to not just waste life thumbing through stories and videos and everything else. Uh, still, but I, I really want to get rid of it so bad. Well, I, I envy you, Josh. He, he, it's pretty cool in the waters over here, man. He should come and take a dive. Here's the thing: we, I mean, you know, we're we've we've voiced well our hatred for social media here on the Solid Seven Podcast. It's a, a bit of a necessary evil in some ways right now, but so obviously I, I agree. There's some merit to just disconnecting from it. Uh, like Josh has, like even Tim Ferriss makes, you know, has made that case. Like if there's anything that's actually important going on, people, you're going to hear about it. People are going to let you know. Right. Um, which is the case for not needing to watch the, you know, have whatever your, you know, pick your poison, CNN, Fox news, MSNBC, whatever on all day or watching the local news, which is like 28 minutes of rape and murder and two minutes of a dog gets a home. Um, right. Like just shut it all off. If something big enough is going on, you'll, you'll hear about it. So there's definitely merit to that. The flip side is, uh, you know, like with particularly, you know, Instagram, uh, Twitter, like you really can make it what you want it to be. Like if you don't want to see the garbage and the arguing, you don't have to follow it. You don't have to engage with it. So you really can kind of curate a feed that is informative and is uplifting and isn't, you know, angry primates flinging poop. Like you can make it that. And so I still, Twitter's been my favorite forever and i still love it as a news aggregator like it's it, show me funny things and show me actual news uh and then the rest is just but the, you've got to short circuit the system like you've got to diffuse the the doom scrolling like the auto feed like i'm going to start showing you things that i think you'll like based on these other things that you've looked at no i don't that that continuous scroll is where where they get you not only that it seems like it kind of goes in in cycles or whatever like you can you can block all of it and get rid of all of it as it stops po- starts popping up or whatever, and it'll be good for a few months, and then all of a sudden it starts popping up again. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's I guess it's just their cycle to draw you back in, and it yeah. really comes down to just like in a discussion with people, you have to control yourself, and at some point when you start recognizing that it's starting to send you down the wrong wrong direction, put it away, you know? I have enjoyed uh, lately on social media. I, have, I don't know if either of you guys have ever heard of Andy Stomp, but uh, Andy was a Navy SEAL, and then he was like one of the top uh, like wingsuit flyers in the world uh, for a long time. I think Red Bull sponsored him. I think he had a couple of world records for like long traversing the longest distance in a wingsuit, stuff like that. So Andy's an interesting guy, uh, but he's been on a kick lately where uh, he's just become real entertained by like people wrecking on bicycles. Um, some of them at very high rates of speed and he just continues to share videos of them on his story. Uh, and that alone is worth having Instagram and following him. I think just to see Andy posting horrible videos of people wrecking on bicycles. So there's my, there's my PSA. The more, you know, (laughs) I, I have the name doesn't ring any bells, but, uh, I've seen definitely the videos, especially the Red Bull stuff. And it's probably the same guy I would imagine, but yeah, Red Bull sponsors all kinds of crazy people doing crazy things. So, and Andy's been out of the game for a little bit. I think uh, I don't know if he, I don't know what's going on in his life. I think he was married. Now he's not. I, I don't know, but he, I don't think he's been been jumping as much lately. But you know, uh, in the land of 
hey, I'll just uh, start my my own social media. Elon kind of kind of took it a different direction. Right? I saw, of course, uh, Babylon B, or I think it, it's not the B. <laughs> it's posting a, a meme that was liberal saying, "If you don't like Twitter, get your own platform." And then it's just it's Elon's face uh, over top of Leonardo DiCaprio from I think Django Unchained, like the like holding the little glass, just like the snickering <laughs> face, uh, because Elon went and bought himself almost ten percent of Twitter. Almost 10%. Dude bought over $2 billion worth of shares in Twitter. To put it in perspective, Jack Dorsey, who created Twitter, owns like 2.3% of Twitter. So Elon owns almost five five times what Jack Dorsey does of Twitter. uh, And they've now put him uh, on. He's got a board seat now. And uh, I think we're going to see some real interesting changes to Twitter here real soon. I, I sure hope so. I mean, the fact that, uh, well, he owns a tenth of the corporation at this point through, through stock. So uh, you'd think he'd have some sway on, on what happens and doesn't happen. So it'd mm-hmm. be nice to see some change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, already, like, he had run a poll, like, do you guys want to see an edit button on Twitter, which has been, like, the biggest request and complaint about Twitter for, you know, ever. Yeah. Um, and, and you're already seeing some stuff. Like, I can't remember what the uh, the CEO's name over there is right now, but... Like he's already kind of responded like, yeah, the, the edit button will, will probably happen now. So I think I, I, I get like uh, little updates and stuff from the futurist. Um, I don't know if either of you guys ever follow any of that or anything. Uh, there's some good stories and stuff sometimes here and there. Mm-hmm. And I think it was either Instagram or I thought it was Twitter was talking about how this was just as of day. Uh, one of them now has an edit button. And they've, it's long awaited. Um, I'll have to see if I can find that story. Well, what I saw, because I actually, I had this in my show notes. This might be the same thing, Jay. Like, I think the edit button is is coming, but not out yet. But Twitter launched an unmentioned feature. So you can untag yourself from posts. Hmm. Which I'm sure, you know, most of our, our show guests will be doing when we post about them. So that, that'll be nice for you guys. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't want people to know I was on the show. <clears throat> So, but yeah, some, some changes coming to Twitter. It'd just be nice to see some, some balance come to it. Right. Like it's not even that I want to see people from the, the left being banned, like people from the right, like just stop banning, like just let it be a marketplace of ideas. Right. Like maybe, maybe don't ban president Trump and leave Putin. Maybe just maybe don't do that. Well, I, yeah. It's, it's, it's radically one-sided. And that's yeah. the obnoxious thing uh, for anyone that has a clue. Yeah. Maybe you know? don't ban the Babylon B, but leave Ayatollah Khomeini. Maybe just don't do that. <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting to see what, what accounts maybe get their, their access back here with Elon sitting in the, in the boardroom. I mean, it's, it's not a controlling stake. It's, it's shy of 10%. And even from what I heard reported, part of the deal with putting him on the board was that he had to, uh, like agree to not purchasing more than 15% of the company. So mm. even if he wanted to drop, I mean, serious coin, even for Elon on, you think about the fact that under 10% cost him 2.6 billion. Even when you have 280 billion, when you start buying things with B in the price tag, you can burn through it. It goes um, pretty quick. So, you know, but it, it, Elon could, if he wanted to buy a controlling, controlling stake, if he, he could, um, Jeez. you know, like he's got the funds wise, he could pull it off. But I guess part of the agreement with, uh, picking up the board seat was not to do that. So 
ever the politician yeah yeah i just i hope i hope he doesn't do like the whole thing like what trump did like trump was like uh i'm gonna make my own app and we'll have free speech but you can't make fun of me so like hopefully elon doesn't go like that route where it's like yeah i believe in free speech and we're gonna de-platform these people but don't speak bad about me like that's just dumb i don't i don't think he'll go that route um trump trump was very focused on himself and i'm sure elon is too just from his intelligence level and because he is the person that he is but at the same time he's also able to be a little bit more diplomatic in the way that he deals with people when they do razz him and give him a hard time too so uh, there's definitely a a, a stark raving difference in the way that they both control themselves and speak to people well and you know elon he he might be every bit the the egomaniac um that trump is but i i think um, and I, I think Elon has a healthy ego, but he seems to lack the insecurities that President Trump has. Um, I, I think uh, Elon knows who and what he is and what he's capable of and, and doesn't care about too many other people's opinion about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's, since, there's definitely more self-confidence. And since he's got the biggest pile of screw you money ever assembled in the history of the <laughs> world, um, you know, he gets to he gets to live his life that way. Uh, and yep. so, uh, evidently and it doesn't, doesn't look like it's stopping anytime soon either. No, no. And it's, well, but the dude follows through. Like I, I get the constant knock against Elon is he can't, he can't hit a deadline, but I think his, op- we've talked about it before. I think his overly optimistic deadlines, uh, I think they're a feature, not a bug. I think he's, you know, it's very Steve jobs esque. like you're going to drive, we might miss it, but we're still going to be ahead of where we would be if we weren't pushing for it, for that. Right. So we're, we're the product's still going to, we missed the deadline. I said, I said, because what I said was impossible, but we still accomplished what we wanted to quicker than we would have if we weren't striving for my unreasonable deadlines. I think that's what's going on in that crazy smart brain of his, but I could be wrong because myself, not crazy smart, just okay. <laughs> so yeah, he's, he's definitely on a different level than pretty much almost everybody else. It's so I, I don't know many of us that are sleeping at the office at this point because, well, you get 10 minutes here, 15 minutes there, and then you're back to work at either. So it's it's a different type of lifestyle, that's for sure. Even just um, Tim Dodd, who we talk about on here a lot, every everyday astronaut, or at least frequently, uh, had a big, long, what was that, Josh, like a three-part interview with Elon? It's certainly two, if not three of him just walking no through Starbase and Boca Chica with Elon. And even if you're not into the rocket stuff, even if you're not into the space exploration stuff, that's not your bag. Um, what, are your, what are you listening to us for? But um, we talk about plenty <laughs> of other things. But like just to hear, like you get these glimpses of just how Elon looks at the engineering process and really looks at it different than other people do. Um, and even just his insights on on... Uh, leadership and how he runs the companies and stuff like that. Like his brain obviously just works different. And it's, it's cool to see. I heard, I was, I've touted this a couple times recently because I, I love the sound of it uh, when I, when I heard it. Uh, but evidently it's, it's company policy. And I think this is any and all of his companies. Like if you're in a meeting and you're like 15 minutes in and you haven't contributed anything and nothing has been said that pertains to you, you're expected to leave the meeting. You know, and like, so he explains that policy. I'm watching this in an interview and somebody's like, isn't that, isn't that rude though? He's like, it would be rude to stay. Like, so we're 20 minutes in. Should I like dip real quick? <laughs> or? 
So, I think you've had plenty of input, Josh. Don't don't yeah, beat I yourself guess. up. Yeah, you said that one thing about the the thing, <laughs> huh? You said that one thing about the the thing. Yeah, that thing so. is a thing. Yeah. I, I love though, um, you know, I used to like to see happy, happy accidents. Thank you, Bob Ross. Um, you like, it would be great. Like, it's awesome to see Elon buy into Twitter because, you know, if you're a fan of the platform, like I am, you'd like to see some, some changes, right? Nothing drastic, but some changes, right? Let's, let's get a little bit back to the middle. Let's be a little more, let's, let's be a marketplace of ideas. Let's do obvious things like an edit button. Uh, but then you get these happy accidents of like, it's also uh, evidently very worrying to the woke employees at Twitter. And they're starting to be rumblings of exiting, be- leaving the company because they're, you know, afraid of the changes that Elon's uh, going to make to which I say, good. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's kind of another headline that I'm at least seeing up here. Um, we try to stay as engaged with the things that are happening in Florida because we do have so many friends and family that are still down there. And uh, seeing the exact same thing happening with teachers right now because of uh, the way laws are now being tried to try to be signed, exact, whether it be executive orders or laws that are trying to be pushed through uh, the state Senate and House and all of that kind of stuff with regard to what is being allowed to be taught in schools and how you have this exodus of teachers or teachers proclaiming that they're going to exit because they can't do it the way that they want. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say it that way. <laughs> have you guys seen the style of memes that are like the, you know, the troll NPC looking character. So just kind of just a line drawn face, uh, you know, talking to, I don't know if the character's supposed to be, I don't know if Chad is the right term, but the kind of blonde hair with the beard kind of Nordic, you know, Viking looking strong man, right? That's that, that's the opposition here, right? That's whoever's drawing these, whoever's making these, that's what they're trying to put forth. Right. It's like these weak soy boy beta male NPCs versus, you know, these strong alpha male types. So mm-hmm. agree or disagree. That's, that's the shtick of the joke. Right. But the, the meme I saw, uh, pertaining to that was, you know, the NPC saying, you know, if I if I can't discuss the intimate deals of my, details of my sex life with these children, I'm not teaching here anymore. And the Chad character just leans into the the NPC's ear and goes, "Your terms are acceptable." <laughs> <laughs> like a, a deal, bye, Felicia. Or even, you know, the um, the battle cry against that that law, that bill has, you know, been calling it the the don't say gay bill, which hey. Uh, you know, props to, you know, the marketing team at whatever DNC office came up with that. They do a great job. It's catchy. It's easy to repeat. It sounds awful. It sounds anti-free speech, like kudos, right? Like it's, it's easy to throw it out there and it, it, it stuck. I mean, there's, there's people who have never looked at that bill, never looked at the content of that bill that think that uh, it's been signed into law in Florida that you can't say the word gay which of course has nothing to do with that bill. The word gay isn't in that bill. I don't even think the word homosexuality is in that, that bill. Uh, if you, if you want to make it more clinical, it was just, uh, I read the bill. It wasn't even that long of a read. Uh, no, it's not. And so, cause it, I, I saw all that too. I was like, why can't you say the word gay? Like what's the, well, that's weird. And then I found, saw someone tag the link and I read the whole on like the government website, the bill. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Well that m- makes complete sense. Like, why does a first grader need to learn about anything sexual like hetero, gay, inside out, upside down, left, right? Like why they're, do you they're learn too anything? young? Yeah. yeah. They're, they're too young and it just shouldn't be even spoken of at this point in their life. It's, it's, yeah. 
Yeah, it's not, ridiculous. Not very long ago, I mean, years, years, not very long ago, we could all, no matter where you were at politically, your social beliefs or otherwise, I, I, I wouldn't even say in this country, in the vast majority of the world, we, we would all have at least agreed on what kind of topics are appropriate for kids of this age and what, what aren't. You know, not that it's a verboten topic, not that it's something that should never be discussed, never be taught, never be whatever, but it's just not appropriate at this age, right? Like, hey, you're not going to sit these kids down and show them Quentin Tarantino movies. Why not? Why not? Right? Like, we could all agree for a while. And now, suddenly, some of us don't agree, and it's super weird and a little creepy, and they're mad that, that they're being called groomers, but find me a find me a better word. I like if you're so dead set, if you're so angry that you can't discuss these just not even close to age appropriate topics around sexuality with small children, what what are you if you're if you're not a groomer? But literally, you can still say gay in Florida. I'm sitting in Florida right now. The SWAT team's not breaking down the windows. Gay, gay, gay. It's <laughs> it's okay. I'm not saying that. so. Then, but what's what's dumb, right? Is you have all these celebrities and all these posts. Gay, 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 gay. I think they did at the Oscars. I'm like. You're not you're not making the point that you that you think you are. You're making the point that you're either uninformed or or dumb or illiterate or some combination of of the three. Like it's you're not. But so then, uh, the mayor of New York is spending tax dollars from up there to put billboards in Florida. Um, and I can't remember exactly what they said. There's plenty of news stories, but basically, like you can you can say gay here. For New, for New York City. Uh, and I'm like, again, this isn't the flex that you think it is. Like, if somebody sees that and they're like, yeah, I should go there instead. Yes, you should go there instead. That's better <laughs> for you. That's better for us. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm, well, I won't say that because I don't want to get you guys in trouble. But uh, yes, at some point, it, it's fine. Go there. That's fine. It's it's no loss. Again, it's it's just like the teacher's. Wanting to walk out of the job because they can't. Okay, see ya. Don't let the door hit you on the rear end. You know, peace. Have a good but, life. <laughs> but, but really, though, that's the way it's supposed to be. Like, it's why I'm such a big fan of federalism. It's why I believe so much in the American experiment in the genius of our founding. It's not the not the uh, the perfection of our founding fathers, but the genius of our founding. Right? Like, we're supposed to be these these. We weren't supposed to be this massive federal entity right it was it was 50 states competing to be the most free right and uh you know if your values in california aren't the same as my values here in in florida that's fine right like i have no reason or cause or authority to push my values on you or vice versa we'll get together we'll do this federal government thing to to handle to protect our rights to to protect the things that we can all agree on and we'll kind of do our own thing on the rest of the stuff and let people figure out what they like the most. And you saw that over the past couple of years with COVID where you saw this, this mass exodus from these blue areas that were incredibly authoritarian and incredibly restrictive. People picked freedom. Now, are they going to go to Texas and come here to Florida uh, and vote the same stupid way they were that created the scenario they found themselves in? I hope not. I, I hope it hurt enough. I mean, obviously it hurt because like you, if you were living in California and you hadn't gotten out before these last two years, you had really put up with a lot of crap. 
Um, you know, same thing, Illinois, whatever, right? So obviously this got to a point where it was bad enough where they said, finally, I'm, I'm done. I'm out, right? So hopefully it was bad enough to also change voting habits to go, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that again. The, the unfortunate aspect of all of that is, is the reality that then comes into play is no one recognizes the fact that it was their voting habits that caused the issue because it's never my fault. It's your fault. That's why it's so bad. And so it, it does typically end up just, I, I know I was just talking to someone else and, and we're going on to such boring jargon at this point, but uh, I was just talking to a friend from Arizona and they were explaining how they had passed a law that what was happening in California is these uh, people that were 65 plus were selling their properties. Obviously, uh, the, the living cost of living and stuff is exponentially higher in California. So they'd sell their houses and stuff for a million dollars, $500,000, and then go to Arizona and buy a house for $250,000 because the cost of living is so much less. And it would cause the tax rates on everybody else to go up because they don't care. They, they, they just want what's good for them and they don't care about anybody else. And it's my way, the highway. And I'm going to do this because this benefits me the most. And which it, it's kind of hard to uh, just not care about anybody but yourself at some point in the game. You got to be a good human. Yeah. Well, that's the age old joke though, right? Is that uh, every congressman sucks except mine. Sorry, every congressperson, right? It's like, oh, let's throw all those bums out of office. Oh, okay. Well, like what new candidate are you voting for in your district? Oh, well, our guy's great. Okay. So, so exactly. <laughs> right. So every opinion's wrong, but my own. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now that one maybe I can get behind. I don't know. I don't think about that one. But uh, so, but at least point, in your sphere of influence, it's easier to get behind. <laughs> but the important takeaway here is that Twitter is going to have an edit button. So once again, thanks, Elon. He's come through for us again. <laughs> uh, well, he's such a like he's had all these uh, different beefs with the SEC uh, over there. Like Elon and the Securities Exchange Commission, they don't get along well. So evidently, as part of this purchase in Twitter, like he filed the wrong form on the wrong day, notifying <laughs> about the purchase. So they're all up in arms again. I'm like, can can we just let e- leave Elon alone and let him save civilization? Can we please just do that? Can we just? Oh, hey. you, you need to have him on your show, Kale. It's going to happen. Listen. Get them on Solid 7. I get they're a much bigger deal than us, but the Babylon Bee got them, and they're big, but they're not huge. If the Babylon Bee got Elon, we can get Elon. He seems to be pretty down to earth. I I haven't figured out the angle yet, but (laughs) we'll we'll get him. It'll it'll happen. So He is. We haven't done a ton of space news for, for a while here, but for the first time in a long, long time, there's two crew-capable vehicles sitting on the pads, uh, 39A and B, out at Kennedy uh, simultaneously. So uh, SLS is sitting out on... I can't remember which one's on, on which pad, but uh, SLS is sitting out on a pad for its wet dress rehearsal. And then there's a Falcon 9 with a uh, Dragon capsule sitting out there right now. And this is the cool thing. Obviously, we've, we've launched a few uh, crews on uh, Falcon 9s now at this point. But this is the first all-commercial flight going there's no professional astronauts on this flight they're all private and uh it's going to go dock with the space station 
Have uh, have they have they actually allowed them to be called astronauts at this point? I haven't paid enough attention to it because I know they were saying, well, if we don't call you an astronaut, you're not actually an astronaut. Have they have they allowed the private astronauts to be called astronauts There's now? All kinds of different. Like I think even the FAA even recently changed the. De- it's all nebulous. It's all changing as it goes. Um, Blue Origin just did another uh, flight on their uh, New Glenn rocket. That's the one Pete Davidson was supposed to fly on. Then he backed out. Don't know what happened with that. Uh, but so the companies are like issuing their own astronaut pins or wings or whatever it is, um, you know, Virgin and whatever. So then the FAA has some designations, but it's kind of nebulous whether they're so it's it's just in flux. It's just a weird thing. And even so this flight was bought and paid for by a company called Axiom. And it's part of their testing and building up process because Axiom is building a private space station. Um, so, so as we get closer to decommissioning the ISS, this is going to be Axiom's going to have one of, if not multiple, of the private options. So Axiom has has paid for uh, this flight on the Falcon Nine with the Dragon Crew capsule, and um, they actually on this flight there's either one or more former NASA astronauts. So when we say there's no professional astronauts on this flight they're not they're not in the astronaut core of any country right now so it's a it's a little you know it's uh it's a little bit playing with the technicalities and the terminology but it's still cool and crazy that already we've progressed to the point where a private flight is going to go dock with the iss like there's been private individuals that have gone to the iss before uh, like on in soyuz capsules and stuff like that um but nothing nothing all private like this so Pretty dope. I mean, it's cool to think about the fact that it was such a big deal months, literally months ago for Virgin Galactic to have their first manned flight, for SpaceX to finally be flying crewed missions, for uh, Blue Origin to fly their first flight with Jeff Bezos on it. And now, um, like, it's not even not even in the news, right? We're only a few flights in for each of them. And it's, eh, it's just what we it's just what we do now. Dope. I was actually uh, I was thinking Axiom. You were talking about Axiom or whatever. And it's Axon. Um, have you guys seen that video um, of it's it's a some business. I don't even know what they do there, honestly. Uh, but it's called Axon A X O N, and they do this drone fly through of their new facility. Have you seen that video? Mm-mm. I don't know like, if I've seen that specifically, but I've seen a few like that recently, and they've gotten really elaborate and crazy, and I really don't understand how it works. Well, it's it's amazing the way that they do the footage and stuff with the drone footage or whatever, but it's even beyond that. Like, just the design, like, like it makes me want to apply there. I don't even know where it's at. I just want to work there. Like, the the way it's all laid out, the just the, the ideas behind how they set it up, like, the cubicles have like glass walls, so they're still like like it's just it's amazing. I'm gonna have to send you guys the link, and uh, maybe you guys can. I don't know if you you doing the after show notes. I know you do sometimes and whatever, but that way people can see it or whatever. But um, I'm gonna have to send this link to you guys real quick because yeah, can, it's we, really freaking awesome. We can. I mean, there's at least a seventy percent chance that the link will make it into the show notes, <laughs> <laughs> or you could just bing it. Well, I'd prefer to use Ask Jeeves. Well, I said Bing for two reasons. One, it's a little funny because who bings anything? But two, because I was talking to uh, uh, IT Eric, Patreon supporter and all-around great guy today, 
and I can't remember how it came up. But he was telling me about his like Bing rewards points. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, if you use Bing and you you and you log in and you use Bing, he's like, you get points for every sort search and several other things you do. Yeah, I've done and, it on Xbox, and I've gotten able to like get some free stuff. Yeah, he's like, I never even think about it, but then I pop in and check my points occasionally. And every however often, he's like, and it doesn't take a long time, I can cash the points out for Amazon gift cards. Yeah. And I'm, and he's like, and the results are good. He's like, everybody hates on Bing. He's like, it's definitely the best looking of the search engines. And I think he's like, in a lot of ways, I like their results better. So I'm like, well, I like Amazon gift cards. So now I'm rack, racking up some Bing points. I, I don't use Bing or whatever, but I started doing that. I think it's Mistplay is the app that I have for like little video games or whatever. And it's I've gotten like $100 in gift cards off of it from Amazon and stuff. It's kind of crazy. Now, if you guys haven't picked up uh, on this yet this far into the podcast uh, with our good friend Jason Troy here is uh, Jason's a Jason's a big nerd. Jason, I am not. Jason's a big nerd. Hey, Jason, <laughs> he gave me a hard sell, and now he was right on this one. But Jason gave me the hard sell for years on watching Battlestar Galactica, and you were right on that one. Um, and you were like super into like some phone based group MMO like strategy game for a long time. What game was it? Um, was it? Mo- I think it was like Modern War or something like that. You were in like clans, and there was oh, yeah. terminology, yeah. and you were telling us all why you all loved group me so much because you could <laughs> click responses on posts. And I'm like, hey, or no, it was Ebony. That's what it was. It was Ebony. It was the first round of Ebony that was online that went that went super huge. Um, it was Ebony was what it was called, and it was one of those. I mean, there's Ebony now. There's new versions of it or whatever, but you build your own castle and you get into clans or guilds and you can attack everybody and protect everybody. It was like one of the first ones of that of that genre uh, that made it as big as it did. That's right. I forgot about and that. Now, Jason was also, also, and I feel like he's cooled Gosh, on this. Gosh, I am a nerd. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm not even done establishing your bona fides. We've we got a ways to go here. Um, now, I'm, I'm going to share this next fact, and you're going to wonder how Jason is even friends with Josh and I. Uh, but Jason was also uh, a, a devout and avid uh, Android evangelist for a long, I mean, just green, still are. Just green texts. Uh, I actually, I'm not exaggerating this. Uh, Angel and I were out in Traverse City on Tuesday, and we just got our new S22s ordered. Angels came in today. Uh, mine's Ugh. supposed to be here later on this week, you know. And I was actually talking to the the guy from AT and T there. I like for real when it comes to Apple, man. I love I love their their MacBooks. I love the iPads. I love I love everything that is Apple, with the exception of the phones. I just I hate the interface on the phone. It drives me it's the nuts. the same thing on the iPad. It's it, it's just not... I don't use my iPad to call people, though. And the stuff that I use it for, it just it drives me nuts, the way that it functions and just the, the operating system and the way the way that it's... It's just not as user-friendly, in my opinion. Yeah, see, I hate when things are just 
easy to figure out and work well and operate. Yeah, I'm like, the, you could not be more and wrong. Operate the same on every device how, and yeah, don't have crappy skin. How is it not user friendly? Because <laughs> I think they have to be the most user friendly device out of the two. It's it's the it's the only device in the world that you can put in the hands of like an 85 year old and have them up and running competently in minutes. And and the thing is, is it works the same way with a Samsung. Like it's just the reality of it. That's why it's about 50 50 in the market at this point because they do i don't know i don't know how to explain it like i said everything else man by far mac is the way to go apple is the way to go but uh just i'm just not a fan of of the iphone i'm just really not i was i was thinking tonight as we were as we were setting up i'm like i've i've (laughs) known you i I don't even know uh, 20 plus years probably this may be the first time i've ever communicated with you on an apple device and it's it's nice it's nice i like this (laughs) It's not my fault you didn't call me through FaceTime before. I mean, good lord. <laughs> yeah, it's super convenient for you to. Let uh, me go grab my computer. So, grab my well, iPad. I've just I've just suffered through the green texts without holding it against you. I stopped texting you because you guys complained about the green texts so many times. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna stop encouraging them. I've never been as bad about it as Josh, but it does ruin. Like if you're just if you're just texting with a person, it's not the end of the world. But having anyone off of iOS in a group text is the worst. It's the worst. And then I hate when people don't know, like other iPhone people don't know that when you heart the text, if you're in a green group chat and you heart or thumbs up the text, that sends it to everyone as a text saying, so-and-so liked this, and it pastes the whole message again. Like how, how long people... Are we going to do this? I do hate that. I hate I'll, that we don't have on on Android. I hate the fact that we don't have the ability of liking a message, just like in Facebook Messenger and stuff like that, yeah. where you can just like someone's post or message. And you don't have to like text back per se. You can just thumbs up. And, and I and I hate when someone on an Apple device likes that because then again it sends that whole text and it's like so and so liked this yeah. message. Well, and here's here's the problem. And this maybe this is a boomer issue. So Josh, I'll cop to being guilty of that. But the problem is. I I'm it, it's reflex it's muscle memory it's reflex where it's like it's so much quicker and easier than even typing out okay to just double tap and hit the thumbs up like a lot of times I'm doing that before I've even thought it through that oh this is gonna suck for everyone because this one schmuck on Androids in the group can I can I actually bring something up here uh, no. as a matter of fact because no. it's our I podcast. think it was no. I think it was even in the last last episode or two that specifically Josh, I think it was Josh brought up, or or maybe I just saw it, it reminded me of, of Josh talking about his sheer hatred for people responding to text messages with the thumbs up emoji or just an okay, and how that drove him no. nuts. No, I hate just K. Just K, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, but I it hate was, when people so just respond K. And the K. I'm going to add onto that list, I hate sure. I hate that. <laughs> Like sure is a little pa- enthusiasm, sure is passive but, aggressive. Like, but, but that's exactly what liking a message is. I'm Instead fine of with it the being like, a separate text. It's still no. A thumbs I'm up. I'm fine with the thumbs up on the text. If you're like, say, Kayla and I are going back and forth. Like, okay, what kind of time you do this? Oh, I can do this. Oh, and we're like figuring out something. We're talking about something, and then we end. He goes, all right, cool. See you then. Bump, bump, thumbs up, and that's like the the cap. Like, okay, end the conversation. I'm cool with that ending on that. But like, if I just go. Hey, are you are you coming over today? And it's just like boom, thumbs up. I'm like, well, like, 
A little more than that. But if it's ending a conversation, that's one thing. I, I got you. I got you. I'm but then I hate the sure of when you go, hey, do you want to come over for dinner tonight? I'll cook. Sure. <laughs> like, do you You don't have to. I mean, it's fine. Because I, I see sure's as a, like a reluctant agreement. Even though it's the whole key and peel bit of like you're just reading it wrong they're probably like sure like oh, that's probably how they're saying it but i don't, if you don't put an exclamation point after sure it just sounds like that have sure. you ever seen that clip jason <laughs> i don't know that i have so it's uh now listen it's not safe for the little ears this is not um you're not going to use this in a, in a sunday morning uh illustration <laughs> um but it's them going back and forth and just they're just misreading each other's text and it just continues to escalate uh, so like they're trying to make plans for the night and like one of the line is like oh so the dude who's starting to get mad he's like oh you want to go right now so the other one's like i mean i'm not doing anything sure we can go right now it's just <laughs> right so uh, and it just it just continues to build and sure like that sure is how you get that going it's how you start that down that road that reminds me which my my do- my oldest daughter jocelyn loves the loves the video or whatever i don't even remember where i think i may have shown it to her or whatever but it's the the milk, milk, and mulk oh, video. Yeah, Have you ever good. seen that one? Just give him the milk, Josh. <laughs> it's milk. I said, milk. I said a milk. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Which is a perfect segue into milk is actually a fantastic Jocko Fuel product. And if you'd like to uh, up your protein intake and, and possibly increase your deadlift by easily anywhere from 800 to 1,000 pounds... Uh, then you go to jockofuel.com, you put the milk in your cart, the delicious flavors, and then right there in the promo code spot, you put solid seven, S-O-L-I-D seven, they take 10% off. Uh, for those of you that don't know, if you're going to start drinking protein, make sure you two are coupling that with working out. You don't want to just add protein to your diet for the fun of it. Listen, this is America, <laughs> and two of the three of us are in Florida. Do what you want, people. Do what Just, just you a recommendation. Want. So, but, uh, yeah, we've, we've forgiven you long ago for your green texts, even as they, as they continue. And then you're like a a big fantasy novel guy too. Is that still Mm -hmm. a thing? You still reading all that? Like, I'm not talking like, okay, everybody reads, you know, a little CS Lewis here and there. Everybody reads, especially these, you know, with the movies and the TV series, everybody reads some, uh, you know, some Lord of the Rings. No, no, not you. You're deep in the weeds. Yeah, I I don't have a whole lot of time, unfortunately. For I'm trying to. Uh, last year was the first year I actually did it, where I'm trying to read at least one book per month, um, and I I think I ended up doing like 14 books last year or whatever, or 15 books nice. or something like that. Um, so I'm trying trying to do that, and they're they're more of books that are going to uh, build me and build my character and my integrity and my knowledge, uh, as opposed to just sitting down, fun, chilling out, reading a book. Um, but yeah, when I, when I have the opportunity, I, I keep one in my backpack with me for when I have that time that I can just kind of chill out and just read. Yeah. I've been Shinaris series is the one Ter- Terry Brooks is the author. Yeah. I have that trilogy sitting on my Kindle cause of you, I've just never gotten that far down the list, but one of these days I bought it when it was on sale. I'm like, eh, Shory said it was good. He was right about Jason Shory and Dwight Schrute were both right about Battlestar Galactica. Uh, and so maybe I'll, I'll read that trilogy and love it at some point here. But I've, I've been trying to do something similar with uh, doing the whole uh, Go Ruck Tribe thing, where part of that is a, a book a month. Um, Josh has been inspired by uh, Aaron Rodgers to uh, up the old uh, 
the old, I, I don't even know what, re- reading consumption, the book catalog. I don't know. What are you and Aaron reading now, Josh? It's been done for a minute. He just did it during the football season. Oh, well, that's a, that's a little lame. Well, yeah, he was only going on the show every Tuesday. Every, like, week there was a game. And so then the season, like, I think when they got, when they lost last, I think he went on maybe one or two more times after that. And then it was just kind of like, all right. We're done. And then he was going to add one more book, but he goes, no, I think how much I added is good. Like the list he, he, that was the plan from the get go just to do 18 books or something like that for the whole football season or something like that. That's kind of cool. That's, that's a lot of books in a, in a football season. Yeah. I thought it would have been more like at the f- beginning when he was like, we're going to read, um, I think it was the alchemist was the first one. And then week two comes up and he goes, here's my next book. I'm like, hold on. I have, I'm like on chapter two on the first one, bro. <laughs> So then it was it was just every week a new book. So I think I bought most of them because they were all most of them are under ten bucks on Amazon. So I was able to get most of them. So you could have paid for those with Bing points. I should have used my Bing points. It all, right? it all comes I kept back using around. my Bing points to which I haven't. I never win anything. I've never won any form of raffle. I've never won bingo in my life. Um, but I would use my Microsoft reward points to enter into drawings. Uh, to like win like an Xbox Series X and all these awesome things, and then that's how um, they get you. Yeah, and I basically just took my points and threw them in a garbage can because I didn't win, obviously. So, <laughs> but we digress. So yeah, I think uh, I think Aaron's career path has a lot more travel time built in than yours, and that it probably makes it a little easier for him to get through a book. Um, I mean, you make time for what you want to make time for. I just read usually before bed. Um, I could probably get to bed a little earlier to read more than just like maybe a chapter or two a night. So I could probably put more little concerted effort to it. But the new Lego Star Wars game came out. So there goes the reading time. So I, I, I do want to I want to side with Josh on this. In fact, there's another feud that I want to kind of bring back up from the early <laughs> days of the of the podcast. Uh, Chipotle, hands down, by the way. Yes, definitely you. better than most. Exponentially better than most. I don't care about their queso. I want the food. I don't want to have to dress it up in order to like it. Of course, anyway, you, of course you don't like care about the queso. You don't even care about your green text. You obviously have horrible <laughs> tastes. I don't know how you ended up married to the woman who you did. Uh, I don't either. Let's it's be a honest. Complete, a, a complete fluke all the way around. <laughs> Um, and you, you know, you're lucky she loves Jesus and she, she <laughs> believes she's stuck, right? She can't get out of it. You like, you know, um, and so yeah, green text and who cares about queso? You're, you're just on a, I, I, no, don't get me wrong. There's, I love there's a queso, pattern of decision making here, but I, I like my food to be delicious from the get go. I don't want to have to dress it up in order for it to be good. And Moe's, uh, Moe's is only good when you add the queso to it and chipotle you just don't need it in my but we opinion. can't we just can't pretend that the queso doesn't exist like you you add the queso to chipotle it also still gets better i used to i i'm sure i said this back in the early days there, there were times i would stop at mo's and get queso on the way to chipotle to eat with everyone else so that i could enjoy my meal yeah i i'm we have a couple of really surprisingly and for northern michigan we have a couple of really good mexican restaurants up here and they have, uh, like, you have Tijuana Flats down there, which I miss desperately. Mm-hmm. I, I miss Taco Tuesdays and stuff. And uh, But we always used to get the beefy queso there. Up here, they have churri queso. And they actually use the chihuahua, uh, like the white, melty 
queso cheese, and then they put chorizo and tomatoes and, and onions and stuff on it. And it really yeah. is. It's the greatest thing in the world. So I, I feel you on the queso. My point is, is Chipotle is better. I, but, thank you. <laughs> I need. We need to be very clear. I don't dislike Chipotle. I eat a lot of Chipotle. Um, and I, I like, I started to like Chipotle a lot more when I started adding the fajita veggies to my stuff. The fajita veggies are magical. Um, they're not as good as queso, but they are magical. And Chipotle's own queso got better. Still not as good, but it got better. Um, so I like Chipotle. I eat Chipotle plenty, but you put one right next to Moe's, I'm going to go to Moe's. Like the, yeah, you spend the, the more and you'll have less quality food. Like, but yeah, the, the queso, sure. the queso is the exclamation point on the argument, but they also have bacon. Josh is wrong. Bacon belongs in all food types. They have olives. So they weird. have would cilantro. You put bacon on spaghetti. Um, absolutely. I would add bacon to spaghetti. <sighs> I haven't, there's, but I there's absolutely There's probably not much that it wouldn't do well with. That's disgusting. Spaghetti, not that different from pizza, bro. And bacon's excellent on pizza. You change no. up the ratio of sit. sauce, but well, have you ever had like lasagna low. or something like that with pepperoni? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. actually really that's, good, and that's really that close to bacon good. at that point. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you, you, it's all just processing the pig a little different, just a little. But so. now it's my time to digress. So I sorry yeah, on that now, Chipotle Jason, tangent. Part, part of your your nerdiness, and I, there's always always a point to my ramblings. Is uh, that includes Star Wars? We're we're open to that. We're open to that here. Mike Redacted's come on, geeked out about Star Wars. Adam comes on, geeks out about Star Wars. Uh, but that took you. We were actually talking about this before uh, Josh popped onto the FaceTime this evening. Uh, you know, you've you spent a fair amount of time in, in Galaxy's Edge down here at Disney World. Um, yeah. But but now, were you to visit, you you wouldn't hear anyone welcoming the boys and girls. To Galaxy's Edge, they would they would welcome welcome the folks. They would they would welcome, I don't know, I don't know friends, humans, because uh, you can't say welcome boys and girls out there at the old uh, the old Disney properties anymore. Uh, you know, uh, this will probably did, did get... we lose him. Uh, uh, it seems like he's gone forever. Goodbye, we, Jason. Interesting that it was just when we started talking. Oh oh, we got him back. It- it's there, and I can keep hearing you guys. And uh, well, it's good old Northern Michigan uh, internet. Evidently, I'm no, even like hardwired in. You know, see, this happened. Oh, it's no, it's certain topics. Like we started talking about the Earth being round <laughs> um, with uh, with physicist and engineer. Uh, Jay, we had a lot of Jasons in our lives, but uh, Jason Cardarelli, <laughs> the Flat Earthers, they they took him down. There were some breaks in the audio, and here we start to talk about the House of Mouse. And interesting, all of a sudden, yeah. Jason, it's crazy Jason how that happens. <laughs> and um, uh, so, we, we, you and I had kind of talked about this previously or whatever, but this year, finally, at long last, after like having our passes for several years, we finally let our Disney passes go, um, just because there are just too many things at this point that they uh, uh, of agendas that they're pushing um, that I just don't necessarily agree with, and I'm not big on being force fed things that I'm not necessarily in agreement with. Um, the, the funny thing is, and this would probably get me canceled or whatever, uh, calling people folks and not recognizing them as boys and girls in that aspect, like that, that aspect doesn't bother me as much um, as, as, the for, as the fact that they try to force feed you on uh, different aspects, uh, you know, um, what's the Red Panda movie or whatever, and some of the agendas that they're pushing, 
and and they they have great movies that are coming out uh the ron gone wrong or whatever ron's gone wrong or whatever i think that was theirs too and like that was just a good movie and uh but then they come right out with the red panda and start hardcore pushing these agendas and like we still have disney plus and i don't know if you've noticed this but you go on a disney plus and there's like there's the red panda movie that you can watch and then there's also some commentary that explains their viewpoints further when have you ever seen that in a cartoon movie where they have to come out with a commentary to explain you through the movie that they're of the points that they're trying to teach you in the movie it's just ridiculous and those are the Is things that what that's what ticks thought, me off i thought it was a, i didn't watch i barely watched the that panda movie kira watched it she they said it was okay i don't remember if she said that there was like a lesson in it but i saw the little the second banner saying like i thought it was just behind the scenes of the movie no, no, it's it's explaining. It's like this this whole aspect explaining into the the purpose behind it and uh, trying oh. to drive home their their agenda all the further. What was what was their agenda for that movie? Well, one of one of the one of the big phrases that's in it is is my panda, my choice, which is an obvious play on words. Oh, um, and and while you can take adults and say, okay, you you make your own choices for you. You have your freedom. The thing I don't like is we're sitting there and we're trying to force this uh, this rebellious attitude on six-year-old kids, a ten-year-old kids that are maybe not understanding. They don't have parents that are able to say, "Hey, this is inappropriate. You shouldn't do this, that, or the other." And they just kind of parents. Unfortunately, in the world that we live in, especially in the country we live in it today, there's a lot of parents that have just kind of taken a backseat to the raising of their kids and rearing of their kids. And so they let media raise them. And that's one of the reasons why we see a lot of the junk that we see now today is because there was no filter that was catching this stuff. And it keeps on getting worse and worse because that line and that agenda just keeps being pushed further and further. And it goes back to the same thing with the kids and the teachers in schools. It's not appropriate for little kids to be learning this stuff at this point. Let them mature, let them grow before they need to make these decisions. Don't force it upon them at such a young age. Yeah, I, you know, I get torn on these things, right? So it's like there's been protests and counter protests at Disney and whatever. There were there were walkouts because, uh, you know, Disney didn't put up a big fight against this new bill in Florida. Now there's been counter protests because Disney have said, no, we're gonna we're gonna fight to have this this bill in Florida repealed and blah blah blah. And you know, to some extent, I a lot of times I'm not big on even like boycott culture right like um you know like i might choose to to not buy a product or you know patronize a business or whatever myself but i'm not like hey nobody else do do that or or whatever i don't know i've just never been been big on that but you know it is tough when you're when you're of like a a conservative leaning rather that's that's christian or or otherwise if it's judeo-christian values or however you've landed at that right where you just kind of tend towards uh you know more traditional values it's it's like what how how are you going to function right it's like if i'm not going to do business with any company that doesn't uh violate or disagree with me on these things well, oh, okay. What are you going to do? You're, you're There's gonna buy, nothing else out there. You're going to buy my pillow and Chick Fil A, and what? And what else? You can't. You can't shop anywhere else. You can't do anything else. You can't watch anything else. Um. So, but at the same time, it is uh, like again, Babylon B. This is the Babylon B episode. Uh, you know, always right on top of it. I saw them make a post. Uh, you know, a guy saying like, "Where, where does Disney 
get money to fund all these left-wing causes as he's he's like drenched in Disney paraphernalia and holding a lightsaber and you know streaming Disney Plus on his phone and stuff so it's like uh, you know it's it's tough to to figure out like when is it too much where it's like no like I'm helping to fund what you're doing like I I understand like we we have Disney Plus we haven't canceled it we watch it all the time Right, but we're also picky about what we let our kids watch on there. We, the, we don't let the next thing, the suggested thing, autoplay. We don't, whatever. We watch a lot of the more traditional stuff, and you know, we're there to address if there's a theme or something that that needs to be addressed. Really, at this point, I'll be honest, it's a lot of Bluey and Doc McStuffin. So I'm like, ah, whatever. We're we're good. <laughs> um, freaking again, well established on the solid some podcast. We love Bluey. I'm not like Bluey's okay for a kid show. My wife and I enjoy Bluey here full stop um fantastic can't wait for season three to drop uh but it's you know and again it's also the uh you know it's just tough with those mentalities right of okay so uh what i i stop my nine bucks a month or whatever disney's getting is that gonna stop their liberal agenda they're gonna make a big dent We'll, well, well, no, not my nine dollars, right? But that's the same thing of people who are like, "Oh, I don't, I don't vote. My vote doesn't count." Well, pounds make pennies, right? It it adds up, or pennies make pounds. That's that's the point, right? So it's, uh, I don't know, is the is the dent I'm gonna make in in Disney uh, worth the the devastation to my children who can't see Bluey anymore, or maybe I just take the money and spend it and and buy well, not buy lease Bluey on. Uh, <laughs> Uh, on iTunes because you don't really own it. You just temporarily have the rights. I I, I don't know. I don't know what the right thing is there. It's annoying. I just, I, I, I want companies to stop. I want companies to stop being political actors. I don't, you're a company. I don't care what your political views are. Shut up and do the thing you do. Good. Do that. Yeah, entertain it, us. Dance let's monkey. Go, let's go back to where I don't have to care about anything other than rather your, your animated characters are entertaining. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah, it's and that's what I was saying. The fact that their stance on not wanting to signify what gender a child is as they're coming into into the theme parks or whatever that doesn't bother me. Um, I mean, that's that's even like the pointing thing where it's always two fingers that I they've always that. had. You know what I mean? Like there's there's oh, little the things that they've always the, done. The political because, point with the thumb drives me crazy. Yeah, but anyway, it's it's that aspect that they're trying to be all things to all people, and and I can they're a business. They got to make money. You know what I mean? The thing I don't like is when there's an agenda that I don't agree with that continues to be forced upon me. That's when that's when I then kind of say, all right, it's time to sever ties. Now, again, we let go of our Disney passes, but we too still have Disney Plus, and we still love Disney movies. There's a lot of great Disney movies that are out there. And uh, kind of like what you were saying as a caveat to what you were saying, I was just having a, this conversation with someone, I think, yesterday or the day before, and and the reality is is you you – you have to be a parent when it comes to kids. I, I don't let my kids log into Disney Plus or onto Amazon Prime or anything like that without us being there. I don't let them. There's there's little safeguards on our sad dish dish network that doesn't let them to watch rated R movies and PG thirteen movies or whatever. You know, there's those aspects to it, and you've got to be a parent. You know, in that aspect, because if you're going to stop because of this one thing, you have to stop all of it. Um, there was an article I remember years ago like probably 15 years ago. And it was around the time that Harry Potter was getting really, really big. And obviously the Christian church as a whole was very up in arms. There was groups of churches that were getting out there and they're like, these are real spells and people are going to die because these spells. And 
Uh, just all kinds of just absolute craziness. And you can probably mm-hmm. even hear the person's voice that was telling us these stories uh, in that time, right? And and obviously none of that has happened. Zero, nil, has that happened. You know, it's it's a fictitious movie. It's fake. And the article that I was reading. I'll say, um, now, this is, this is anecdotal. But just to, to lend some credence to what you're saying, I, I own all seven books. And I've read all seven more than once. I own all the movies. I mean, I actually own them, like on little physical discs. Uh, I've watched them several times. I even own a couple of rec- replica wands. And despite all of that, I have yet to worship Satan. Not even accidentally. It hasn't happened. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's what this article was talking about. If, if you are going to tell your kids or, or someone in your family or have this stance on you're not going to do it because there's magic and magic is evil or whatever, then you need to do it with everything because Cinderella has magic. Snow White has magic. Smurf, you know, like all of these things, they're all the same thing. So the, the point that they're making is if you're going to stand on this on this specific stance, then you need to stand on it for everything, not just some things, because you're yeah. just going to muddy the waters. Oh, mm-hmm. well, you know, Christians love, uh, because he was so accomplished, like everybody likes to claim the successful people, right? Mm-hmm. So people love, tout, the Christians love touting that Lord of the Rings was Christian allegory. <laughs> um, but... Uh, find me some real big distinct differences between Lord of the Rings and <laughs> Harry Potter. I mean, big distinct differences. It's light and darkness. It's, you know, it's the unsuspecting hero. It's, you know, they're, they're very similar story structures. You got the old wizard with the beard. I Come on. Yeah. You got orcs, you got dementors. And it goes back to like what you're saying it's either all or not like if you're gonna do it do it you know but at the same time to to cut that out you're getting rid of everything in your life you know you you can't have starbucks you can't have barney's you can't you know you can't have any of them at this point because well all of them are worldly companies and they all have their agendas that are they're trying to pander to who's buying their stuff and that's just the bottom line yeah i'm just gonna watch uh tv shows with candace cameron beret uh, and uh, I'm gonna sleep on a my pillow, no bed, just a my pillow. I'm and, sure you could uh, find stuff wrong with that too. <laughs> you look hard uh, enough. Oh, Mike Lindell, poor guy. <laughs> so, uh, have you guys watched Moon Knight yet on Disney Plus? Speaking I, of, I I actually watched the second episode tonight. Uh, as a matter of fact, I've watched both episodes now. So, okay, we we got like we were maybe ten minutes into the second episode before uh, before this tonight. I liked I liked the first. I won't do any spoilers, obviously, for it's it's new show and whatnot. But I definitely liked the first episode better than the second one. But both episodes are really solid, man. They're doing it's, a great job with it. It seems like it's going to probably like top three, maybe. Like I still think WandaVision is probably number one, but I feel like we'll see how this ends and where it goes. But this is a this is a big contender for like wow, this is great. Yeah, yeah everything Wanda, I've heard so far is sorry. is good. No, you're all right. Uh, WandaVision. The reason I wouldn't say that is because WandaVision took me four episodes to finally start liking it. Like I was real close ah. to hanging it up in that first couple episodes until it had like the extra cut scene at the end. And I'm like, okay, I'll give it one more episode trance, you know, type thing. And then I liked it. Whereas Moon Knight right, right out of the gate has been amazing. Well, I've, I've heard, I've heard that sentiment a lot with WandaVision It's like, once you got to episode four, then you're like, oh, now I'm in it. But like, they had like little, even the first episode, they had the little Twilight Zone esque moments where like the dude was, was it the boss was choking and then Wanda's just like staring at him or something like that? That was, 
yeah. in the first episode, right? Yeah. And it yeah. was like they're like do something, Juan, or like it was it was just weird. The well, camera angles completely changed. It was just and it like those little they're quick moments, but that I'm like, okay, where is this going? I, I was hooked from the first. episode. I just loved like every all four of those episodes was such a fantastic homage to the time period and the genre uh that they were that they were mimicking i mean they knocked that out of the park it was so good Absolutely. i've been a paul i've been a paul bettany fan since knight's tale since mm-hmm. he was playing chaucer in knight's tale <laughs> fantastically um i've just always always loved his introduction in that trudging you know to trudge um <laughs> the, I've, the, he had me then I've, I've been a fan ever since i i thought it was fantastic from the jump um but if you're saying this is on par with that, I'm I'm, I'm down. I mean, this is one where we got to find time to to watch it without the kids around. Um, um, so we haven't it's started a little, it yet. I, I think it'd be a yeah, little scary for kids. Yeah, yeah, it's suspenseful, and there's some stuff that's in it that's a little. It gets a little bit more sophomoric and silly in the second episode. The first episode, there was even a couple times where like Ariana kind of buried her head in my arm, you know, and it's like yeah, kind of freaked her out a little bit. Um, yeah. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't say it's scary, but it's, it's probably a little intense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Jason will appreciate this. And Josh, I'm sure you've had this experience with Kuma, but it's like, there'll be, you know, even if you're thinking about like a a movie or a show, you know, really well, like you watched it back in the day or whatever. And if you, if we were describing it to each other, you're like, oh, it's like, there's nothing in that. There's nothing offensive. There's nothing. The language isn't bad. It's, it's whatever. Until you watch it with, with your kid around, <laughs> you're like, wait, this should, this should be like NC 17. What is happening here? We had, we had family over the, the other day. My wife's birthday was on uh, Monday. And so we had family up and so we're just chilling. And so, you know, as happens with family gatherings and middle school dances, like one gender goes one way, one goes the other. So the boys are kind of hanging out in the family. And we're like, oh, we'll watch, uh, we'll watch Days of Thunder. And I'm like, there's nothing, <laughs> nothing wrong with that movie. And we're like five minutes in and I'm getting a text from uh, from Jade. Like, is your son in there listening to that? I'm like, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, from which Kayla, you and I are, are about the same age. You're 42, right? I think. Uh, not, not quite. I was born in 80. Okay. So yeah, you and that's right. You Later and Angel are the same age. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, anyways, from still close enough to us, I don't know if you ever saw it, but did you ever see monster squad when you were growing up? <laughs> okay. So it was a, uh, very much so an eighties teen movie, right? Young, like angsty teen type movie. Uh, it was a bunch of like uh, 13, 14 year olds and, very silly humor monsters get dropped out of a plane somehow. And it's this group of kids that are comic book heavy and they try to save their village from these monsters, right? Monster squad. And I, I loved it growing up and I finally saw it on TV one day. So I recorded it. So my girls and I could watch it. And I think it was rated PG, like legitimately PG or whatever. And uh, we're sitting there and watching it. And it was kind of the same thing, like 30 minutes in, I'm like, I gotta turn this off. It was kind of the, it's kind of like the truffle shuffle type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, calling calling people all kinds of terminology at this point that would get you canceled and everything else in between. But it's just like holy cow, what a difference in in a, in a couple of decades. Speaking of uh, movies of our our childhood, I don't want not to get us too far off of uh, Moon Knight, but I did see a, a news story just as we were uh, getting ready to record tonight of uh, evidently uh, some uh, Ukrainian soldiers have uh, been vandalizing like Russian uh, tanks and stuff and you know, whatever like stuff that's been disabled or bombed uh, with like the graffiti from red Dawn. 
and oh, wow. I fully support that Ukrainian soldiers. <laughs> well done. That's God. spot on. Look at that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Crazy. Yeah. So no, I'm, I'm excited for moon Knight. I'm excited. Like we're getting really close to uh, like Obi-Wan. Marvel proper uh, multiverse of madness. And I'm like tying it back to Wanda super. It just looks fantastic. Yeah. I think that's the very beginning of May. Yeah. Um, really early May in May. 5th. Yeah. I'm seeing it Thursday, that Thursday night. Look at you. Yeah. I'm seeing it, that. I don't know when. It's uh, I don't I don't know when we'll see it either. There's there's only been a couple of movies that like I saw it on the opening night and they were definitely Star Wars movies up here. Um the cool thing is is because of living in a more a more rural area, the movie theaters that we have, it's like at least here in our area, there's a couple of them and they're all single movie theaters, but they're really nice. Like they're they're from uh, one of them is in a town that's like 15 minutes north of us or whatever in Grayling. Um, and uh, it's called the Rialto. And it's been there since like the late 1800s and was an opera house. And like different different presidents and stuff had visited it during operas and all kinds of stuff. And now it's converted into a movie theater. But opening night, it's like it, it won't even be packed. You'll have half of it filled or whatever. So like you don't ever have to worry about tickets selling out or anything like that. It's just like you just show up whenever you're ready and, and you go and you're good to go. Yeah, we we had a like cuz the tickets dropped I think Tuesday maybe for May for Doctor Strange and we are we're seeing it with our neighbor and we had to like buy them then because when I when she bought them for us I checked later on in the day and I was like wow that theater is basically already full except for like the first three rows but it's crazy how I think No Way Home is the worst I've seen it in a long I mean I guess it's been a long time cuz of covid but no way home that that place got booked up in a probably second. force awakens was probably the last time that, that that movie theaters got booked like that if i had to guess mm-hmm. um yeah. but up here even that like the opening night of, of uh, a no way home or whatever literally it was like we just we went to one of the movie theaters and got our popcorn and drinks and sat down and it's like yeah. hey let's watch the movie <laughs> dude every theater <laughs> in the vicinity was booked up um really quick so i think we ended up having to see it saturday matinee which works out because it's cheaper but still and it was insane how fast those tickets got bought up but i think it was mostly bots there's there's just some things that i'll i'll forever be thankful to to covid for not to make light of the people who died blah 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 yakety smacky but like uh, you know, like curbside delivery at restaurants and Target in particular. Well done, Target. Just kudos to you guys. <laughs> like that should never go away. But the fact that like all the movie theaters let you buy specific th- seats now should never, ever end. Um, especially so like if I want to buy, if I decide I hate people so much, I want to buy all the seats around me. I've got that option now. I, I can create that buffer. I don't even know the last time I bought a movie theater ticket online that I couldn't pick my seat. We don't we don't have that problem up here. Yeah. <laughs> you you don't have that option. <laughs> Nor do you need the necessity. So right. I've gotten into and Jason, I'm gonna guess that you have probably watched this and we're into it too. Um uh I I, I watched through recently the uh Netflix uh series on F one, Formula One Drive to Survive. So it's like four seasons of it now. A I've never been in, uh, like, I grew up with racing in my family. I, I raced BMX growing up. I, I raced uh, road bikes, some all cycling. Uh, my dad drove mini stocks. I'm named after a, a NASCAR driver. But I grew up on, like, we were, we were stock car racing fans. And I still, like, that's my brand of automobile racing. 
Um, right. And there's plenty to mock about it as there are with all things. I get it. Go fast, turn left. That's fine. Um, but, uh, I, I, it's just a much more aggressive, it's a full contact sport, right? And open wheel racing's mm-hmm. never, never done it for me. Um, so I wouldn't say that this series turned that around for me. I, I wouldn't say that I'm a formula one fan now. I'll say as somebody who's like followed and been exposed to race car drivers for a long time, the, the F one drivers on the, on the whole, not without fail, but just are much less likable than like the run of the mill, uh, NASCAR driver. Uh, there's definitely much, a snootiness to them. Yeah, by much, far. There's some exceptions. Uh, and again, I'm watching an edited show. They make people appear how they want to appear. You're not seeing everything they say or do. You're seeing what, you know, a, a producer or somebody wants you to see. Uh, but it was weird watching through cause they, that they've done four seasons of it now. Right. So the most recent one uh, followed through the 2021 formula one season. But so that whole series took place over, like it started pre COVID and then you see these two years. And so it covers like when it shut down and then how they figured out how to start back. And then when fans first started coming back and then now, you know, even like Lewis Hamilton, I, you don't even have to be a racing fan to, to know the name Lewis Hamilton, right? He's like a seven time F1 champ. I mean, he's just a big name in sports. It's like hearing about Ronaldo. It's, you know, it's just somebody Schumacher, that, that's yeah. known. Um, you know, like he caught COVID during all that. I'm sure it was no factor for him because he's young and fit. Um, but so then as fans were coming back, he's like freaked out. Like, why are there so many people here? Why are they allowed so close to us? Whatever. I'm like, Hey, lighten up guy. Um, but it was just so weird, like watching the progression of all of that play out, like be documented over the course of this series. And so we had, uh, the experience, I guess it was yesterday, the day before we had to take our daughter to the, the pediatrician, uh, you know, and they're like, and you know, everybody over two needs to be wearing a mask when they come in. I'm in Florida. I don't want a mask in a minute. <laughs> and it was just so odd to have to mask back up like for anything, even to go in there. So it's just been so odd. These, these carryovers. And even now, like we went, the first time we'd been to a theater in a long time was for no way home. We didn't go when it went out. We waited weeks and weeks and we, we bought our seats and, and picked them out. And I, it was day of, it was not long before the movie. And it was like just real sparse. Like there wasn't going to be hardly anybody else around, uh, you know, and you get there and it starts to fill out and there's people sitting closer and people sitting closer. I'm like, look at all this space. What are you doing? Why do you like, <laughs> even then you're like, do you really need to sit right on top of me? So it's, uh, well, it's because they're all, they, they all pick their seats on the website and they just wanted to be not near the edge. So it seems like they're, they, you were probably in a decent spot. I'm assuming, right? Like near the middle. Well, I think I think he's more speaking of the the holdout of the change and and closeness and proximity that you have to people because we've been conditioned to keep this social distance, keep as far away from people as you can. And now that people are getting more comfortable with being up close to each other again, there's this uncomfortableness to. I mean, I imagine I'm probably not the only one. When when all of this started going crazy a couple years ago, I I literally remember walking through like the grocery store and like holding my breath as I was passing by people. Like it was just a, a psychological mental thing. And it's like, I try to keep my distance and walk around. I'm like, I'll hold my breath as I walk by and stuff. And there are aspects where it's like after, now post two, two years later, where it's like people are on top of each other again. And it's like, hold, hold on here. Are you coughing? Are you sniffling? There's still those thoughts, those residual thoughts that are in our heads from the craziness that we've gone through. Well, it's, yeah, just the honest to me is like the, the cultural changes in both directions, like how quick 
uh, we just all kind of adapted and got got used to it, right? Where the the old normal, you know, like can feel out of place. Like getting back to life as normal as it was, which is pretty much at least around here the way it's been for some time now. Like everybody's just kind of going about their their business and, and life is fine. Um, but it's that transition. Like you just, you did this thing forever for your whole life. And it's like, we did it for two years and now switching back to the thing we did forever still feels kind of foreign. Uh, it's, it's just odd. So, but, uh, you know, yeah, early on, you know, we were talking about it with, uh, with Alex last week, you know, you know, January, February, March, February, March, particularly April of, of 2020. No, we, nobody knew. Nobody knew what it was, you know, and people were throwing around, uh, you know, lethality rates of like north of, of 2%. It would have been a lot of dead people. If it was what they were saying, it could be. It would have been a lot of dead dead people. Yeah. There was a, there was a lot of questions early on when it all kind of hit. Um, I know for us, we actually closed down for, I think it was two months to the day. Um, we were forced to close up here. We were actually forced that the state said you had to close, close your doors, you can't can't have any meetings or whatever. And then she quickly retracted it and said, Hey, separation of church and state, which she actually got that right. Cause that's, it's about the government hindering your religious freedoms, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And so she got that right. And she's like, Oh, you know, we can't, we can't force churches to close or anything like that. So she backed off of that, but everyone around here, even in our area, they started getting like the, the little repeaters and stuff so they could do their church services in the parking lot and, all of that kind of stuff. We we went right online that very first weekend, um, which man hit us hard because we were. I mean, we're a small church, especially in comparisons to what we were used to down there. Um, and it was right at the point where we were really hitting our stride and things were really happening. There was a great buzz in the air, and all of a sudden we were looking at going to two services, and all of a sudden that hits literally the weekend right before we go to two services and have this big community outreach, and it it decimated the area from just people being i mean there's still people today that have not returned two years later to church service because they're still worried you know even though they're still going out and doing everything else this is now the excuse for why they they haven't returned or whatever um because there's just this thought process that's stuck in their head of it, it's not a safe place because that was what we were told you know yeah very I mean, different world yeah i was listening to uh, to dave ramsey on um Mike Rose podcast a, a couple weeks ago and it was a, a great episode and you know Dave took a lot of heat and there was some controversy about the way uh, you know they handled things at their their company and what was expected of their employees but you know it's funny Dave he gets a uh, you know a rap as being kind of cold or callous or jerky or snarky but he's, he's I mean he's a very compassionate guy really and you can hear his compassion talking about it like the people who who are who are bought in wholesale and sold in one hundred percent buy into all of the fear mongering and they believe every worst case scenario thing that's been presented like they're genuinely scared, um, you know. And it's when and and a lot of them have been that way and been hunkered down and, and bunkered down for for two years, and they're and that that is a sad thing that there's people who are like too afraid under under any circumstances to like go out and get groceries or visit family or see friends or it's just it really is a sad thing you know you don't have to be all the way to the opposite side of the and this isn't even the flu this is a cold and this was well, this was all dumb you don't even have to be all the way over there um you know it, it's it's just uh you know there there's some middle ground but it's it's sad there's people i mean they've just uh, 
depressions up, drug addictions up, suicides up. Uh, you know, Jason McCarthy's been talking about it from from the health standpoint with what they're trying to do with, with Sandlot Jacks and Go Ruck in general. But, uh, you know, he said it on the podcast. He said it, he's been on a lot of podcasts lately and says on all of them, like, uh, you know, every measure of human health is down over the last two years, every every possible measure. Uh, measure. It's, it's just been a huge hit to uh, to health, to, to mental health, to community. Uh, it was just crazy. And I mean, we're, we were lucky to, to live where we, we lived at the time, uh, to not have it uh, hit as hard. And even now, um, DeSantis signed a bill like just today down here where uh, medical facilities, whatever it is, they have to make accommodations for loved ones to visit patients in the hospital when they're dying. They have to now. That's, that's, that's a crazy thing. Like even up here, uh, being a pastor and, uh, cause we had people, several people that ended up being hospitalized. Um, most of it, you know, it was really weird early on that first through 2020 when it would all hit, because especially up here, I don't know how it was down there or whatever, but they up here, um, Angel and I both ended up having it actually it was early 2021 when we ended up getting our first round. Uh, we've had it twice now at this point. Um, the first round, which was not a good experience for us. It was, it was horrible. Um, it was the sickest I've ever felt. Honestly, we had fevers. We were battling 102 fever for 12 days straight. Um, I ended up losing like 15 pounds. I'd literally, I'd wake up and have like five crackers in the morning for breakfast just so I could take some Advil and not jack up my stomach. And so like, it was really rough, especially the first couple days of it. And then it was just this bouncing back and forth of just horrible fevers and stuff. It was a really bad experience. Um, but the crazy thing is up here, we called uh, we called several different doctors. We called the hospital and stuff to try and just get some type of help to help with the symptoms, help with the fever, help with whatever you know. And literally, what we were told by everybody one of them uh, one of them just the 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 regular like uh, the PCP the regular doctors or whatever just sent us off to the COVID helpline through the main hospital. And then our other doctor that we talked to uh, told us they said, "Sorry, there's nothing we can do. Our hands are tied. We're literally not allowed to see you. Not allowed to prescribe you anything." Called, called our doctor, our PCP. They said, you'll have to go through the COVID helpline. Called, called them at the main hospital line. And their stance was, uh, once you get, this is literally what they said. Once you get to the point you can't finish one sentence on one breath, then then call us. We'll come pick you up and we'll hospitalize you and help you out. But literal refusal to do anything else. Wouldn't see you, wouldn't treat your symptoms, wouldn't do anything for you at all. It was just a complete lockdown. And that was like, you even talked to the hospitals and they're like, literally our hands are tied. We are not allowed to. And that was their stance on how they could handle it. And that's it's ridiculous. So then as it continued to progress, when you'd have a, a church member or whatever that was in the hospital, typically you'd go and visit them, pray with them or whatever. And the fact that you couldn't go and visit, the fact you couldn't, even the families, the pastors, no one was allowed in the hospitals. You weren't allowed to be there. And and man, it just, just that alone was was such a, I can't remember what the statistic is, but it's 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 well above 50 percentile. Uh, it's into the high 60s, I believe that it is. When you have a, a a close loved one that is visiting you on a regular basis when you are sick, that your recovery ends up being exponentially higher, and and you're a, a lot higher likely to fully recover in a much faster speed. And and all of this complete segregation and and division that was caused by all of this, man, that was that was one of the biggest not only fallacies, but biggest issues that we experienced through all of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I was actually thankful. Uh, I mean, obviously I would rather my dad have not passed, but I was thankful that my dad passed in January of 2020. 
um, you know, not not COVID related before that all got crazy because he, you know, he was in the ICU for, I don't know, like a, a week or so before he, he actually died. And so we could go and visit and spend time in the room and whatever else. And if that had been just a few weeks later, uh, he would have spent all that time, couldn't couldn't see us, couldn't hear us, couldn't nothing. Uh, and then that, that would have been it. Right. And it's like, how many people was that their story? Was that experience? Like how many people were needlessly, you know, died t- totally separated from their, their friends and family. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a crazy thought process. And, and you can say at some point there was a, there was that aspect of, we don't know how this is all going to pan out, but after you start seeing some legitimate answers from the ways that other states are handling these situations uh, and the fact that there was still this staunch stance, we're going to do it this way, whether it's right or wrong, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's kind of crazy. Well, and that's where, you know, like we certainly haven't talked enough Jocko this episode, but where like that, the whole extreme ownership and, and ego plays a role. Like it just became very obvious um, that we we were ignoring the data that was being presented to us just plain, like right there in your face, just to protect egos, just to avoid going, uh, you know, we, things were moving fast. We really were doing our best to protect everybody and, and, and we got it wrong and we're, man, we're sorry, but we, we know now. So we're going to pivot. Just, uh, it wasn't a thing. Nobody, nobody would do that on any side of the equation. No. Cause it's like, well, I mean, yeah, we were wrong, but I, I got another election to try to win. So it's, it was just insane, but, but, it's a new day in America. We have a new Supreme Court justice confirmed today as we're recording, and things are looking up. Now, I don't know how she's going to offer decisions on many women's issues because she does not seem to be clear on what a woman is. So I don't know how you, you rule on issues affecting women. That could be problematic. Um, but if you're... If you're into like if naked kids if that's your thing if you're into pedophilia i think she's she's your guy i think things are looking up for you because um not so much with the uh the harsh sentences for for the pedophiles so you know it's a new world man (laughs) (laughs) it's it's Uh. it's a it's a new world so we did, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, again, it's whatever it's, it's a like for like swap. It's not like it, it changes the the current balance or, or makeup of the Supreme court. So, uh, you know, pray for her health, wish her well, um, you know, all that good stuff. But sometimes the courts do, uh, get one right. And I did see a story today that evidently somebody was, uh, trying to sue. I don't know if it's, I guess it's Kellogg's. Yeah. Kellogg's whoever owns pop tarts. I think it's Kellogg's. They were suing Kellogg's for false advertising because there were pictures of fresh fruit on the boxes. <laughs> like if you're getting strawberry pop tarts, there's a strawberry on it. And so the lawsuit that now that there was somebody dumb enough, crazy enough, whatever to try this. Okay. It takes all kinds. A lot of people in the world, but like they got an attorney on board and like attorneys like, yeah, I think we can make that case. Um, I don't think it was John Morgan. It would not surprise me. Um, but, uh, said, 
It was, it was misleading because the label gives consumers the impression the fruit filling only contains strawberries as its fruit ingredient. Um, <laughs> so never mind the, the nutrition label or the frosting that's also on the packaging. Um, but uh, will, everyone will be shocked to hear that this case was actually thrown out and the, the, the judge Thank said this God. the judge said this in the ruling no reasonable consumer would see the entire product label reading the words frosted strawberry pop tarts next to a picture of a toaster pastry coated in frosting and reasonably expect that fresh strawberries would be the sole ingredient in the product i mean they're reasonable i think is the the key word there and and the reality is and and this is this is a reality the way that IQs work is they're based off of averages and at any given point that means that half of the world's population has an IQ below 100 so that that's just a reality of the world we live in right and and so there are people that are going to understand that what annoys me to high heaven is the fact that there are lawyers that still take these cases attorneys that take these cases and say yep let's try this that's the thing that drives me nuts well, that's the problem with not having tort reform, with having no loser pays. And I don't want loser pays in this, this country. I think loser pays is too punitive and would dis, would uh, too greatly disincentivize somebody who has rightfully been wronged or harmed uh, from potentially pursuing damages. I want losing attorney pays. That's what I want. I don't, I, want, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I want attorneys to no longer be willing just to see, just to throw cases up against the wall to see what will stick. Because if I can, if I can get in front of the right jury, the right judge, we can maybe, we can maybe get some money out of this. And if we don't, whatever, it's, it's, it's worth the, the roll of the dice. No, I want these ambulance chasers to, to pay when they lose. That's, that's what I want. Uh, I do agree with the sentiment from the article where the author said, uh, not only recognizing how nice it was to see a sensible ruling from a federal judge, but they said, besides who even eats strawberry pop tarts, if you aren't eating brown sugar cinnamon or brown sugar cinnamon, you're doing it wrong. And that's, that's a fair point. That might've been the real crime here. Toasted or untoasted? Uh, not at all. Not at all. Toaster strudel is the way to go. Even as a kid, you didn't have pop tarts. I had them. I've never liked them. The The ratios of crust to icing and filling are all off, man. Is I, the, the I second get your feeling. You're, the second you're old enough to realize that pot, pot, toaster strudels exist and you get those little packets of icing, it's over, Jack. Why would you? Why? Um, It's too much work for me. I just want to put it in the toaster and take it out and eat it. I don't have to like put the stuff on. I just want to eat it. Or if I don't have, if I'm not toasting it, I can just eat it right out of the bag. I don't gotta. I, I kind of do anything. It, it depended on time when I was growing yeah. up. Pop tart's a good quick one in and out. That was one of those I could grab and eat while I was on the bus. So I would just grab the packages and right. eat it cold. You can even eat it while you're driving in your car. They do nothing for me. The very thought of it makes me feel like I have sand in my mouth. I feel like they suck all the moisture out of your body the instant they touch your <laughs> lips. They're ugh, just dry and. Ugh. Yeah, I did have a friend in high school that uh, she would disassemble them and like scoop the middle out and eat it. That might be the right play. It's a little odd. Like you look a little crazy doing it, but that's the best part, anyways. How so. do you even do that? Do I got to quit my job? <laughs> and, like sit there and 
for an hour trying to get it all out. She had a system. Uh, she was she was good at it. There's got to. I mean, that was pretty. Would she use tweezers? Nah. So like once you once you crack it, then you've got that opening right. Then if you've just got like a plastic knife, you can just slip that bad boy in between, split it open. Bob's your uncle. I'm assuming that's, that's if I had to do it. If I was in a contest to, to win something like some Bing points, that's how I'd do it. So I'd go at it. That's that's a lot of effort for for a pop tart. Yeah, that's it's <laughs> sad. I like uh, is it Brian Regan that has the bit mocking that the pop tarts have instructions on them? <laughs> I'm not what surprised. Are the instructions on a pop tart. It's literally like open the package, place in toaster, toast. Like oh. it's it's thoroughly unnecessary, but it's there. It's like the same reason we've got, you know, warning tags on hair dryers that tell you not to use them while you're in the bathtub. It's life has become too safe. Or or to, warning labels to not eat your Tide Pods. Yeah, it's it's gotten way too easy to stay alive long enough to procreate. It really has been. There's there too- is something about the Tide Pod though. When you do, when it is in your hand, there is I I do have that thought though. I'm like, does this taste good? Like it looks like it should though. Like in the the way I'm like, it feels like this is like a <laughs> giant fruit gusher, and I'm like, I kind of like it. That's what it feels like. It feels like a gusher, but it's. It's obviously not. Yeah, but it's probably a bad make, idea that they look the delicious. Color. Yeah, maybe they shouldn't look tasty. Yeah, that's like when soap or candles or markers smell too much like the thing. Like this is, you're just you're begging for some ambulance chaser to sue you because some kid ate a whole three wick candle from your store. One of my one of my favorite little happenings like that with my kids. Uh, it was actually at Disney. We were at Epcot, and. Uh, we were at some point they started doing all like the scented soaps and stuff like the all natural soaps or whatever in a couple of the little kiosks and we were standing there talking to someone and uh in fact i think it was like with mike williams and elizabeth and and, and their family or whatever and uh, we were sitting there or standing there and we were talking and all of a sudden i hear ariana spit something out and i looked down and she had picked up a chocolate scented soap bar and took a big old chunk out of it you can see the teeth marks in the soap and everything it's a prime example of that it's hilarious i have no sympathy since you mr shory decided it would be fun to uh feed my poor unassuming sweet four-year-old son uh, a crab apple last time we all hung out (laughs) so Uh, Live and learn, right? Live and learn. I mean, he's still crying. It's been it's been months. He's still <laughs> still shaking up about it. Oh, that was uh, hilarious. I'm still yeah. laughing at it. No, it was funny. I was surprised it got to him that much. Like, uh, you know, it's kind of a rite of passage. Like when you when you have a baby, somebody inevitably will hand them a wedge of lemon, and they make the tart face, and hilarity ensues. My kid goes to town on lemons. Could not care less. Will eat the rind if I let him. So I was, wow. I was, yeah, I was surprised we got a reaction out of him at all on on the crab apple. So, yeah, that was that was excessive then at that point because yeah. lemons are far more tart than a crab apple. Yeah, it was. I but the thing is, like when you're going into it expecting, he heard apple. He's going into this. Yeah. He's expecting a, a a delicious, sweet, tasty treat, and that is not what he got. Yeah. Hey, speaking of when you were up here, uh, so I don't know if you've noticed this or not, and. I hate all the go ruck events that you guys get to go to and, and I can't, and I've really genuinely wanted to go and join you guys on these. Um, if, if you ever find yourself up here again, and it doesn't even have to be just for me, you have other family that's up here now too. 
uh, there are go ruck events and stuff that are up in like Grand Rapids and Detroit and Lansing and all over the place, dude. Next time you come up, we should look and try to plan it around a time when they're doing a go ruck event, so we can do something together. Yeah, man, I'm I'm down. That'd be an that'd be an awesome place to do it. I'm actually we're just a couple of weeks out uh, from their big Sandlot Jacks event uh, that they're doing uh, right in downtown Jacksonville, right along the water. Um, so they've got a, a huge park and an indoor area there. It's just going to be awesome. I mean, just three days of, um, and it's not, it's not just go rock stuff. They've got big names. Um, they've added now, uh, Tim Kennedy. If you've ever heard of Tim Kennedy, mm-hmm. he's going to be there speaking and participating in things now. So, uh, Tim Kim Kennedy's a former, uh, UFC fighter, uh, ranked top 10 in the world, which top 10 in the, in the UFC, uh, it's no joke. He's also uh, a Green Beret. Uh, if you've uh, heard of or seen the show Hunting Hitler on, it was either History or Discovery. Mm-hmm. Tim was on that. Um, he's now opened up a, a school in Texas that's teaching traditional American uh, values and just creating good citizens. Uh, he runs a company that teaches uh, personal defense training. So everything from uh, firearms to first aid. So Tim's just an all around uh, awesome, awesome dude. And uh, so he's going to be at Sandlot Jacks now. He's uh, I think keynoting one of the days, or he's certainly speaking one of the days. Um, he's also like, there's a run the O course. Uh, so we, we talked about um, Savage race is setting up their first urban obstacle course out there. Um, so there's a period of time, I think on Saturday where you can run the obstacle course with Tim Kennedy, which is awesome. So a few different things, some meet and greets uh, with Tim being out there now, but Kelly Starrett's going to be out there and Michael Easter, Melissa urban, um, some other names that are, that are big in the fitness space, but are, maybe aren't as well known outside of, of that. But so just all this cool stuff going on. Um, I can't remember the, the, the dude that's a pro skater that he's going to be out there. He's done go ruck stuff before they're doing a skate with him. So it's like, even if go ruck isn't your thing, there's other fitness stuff or there's interesting speakers or there's, it's just awesome. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll plan. I, the, I talking to, to Jason and Emily, their plan is not for this to be a one-off, right? Like their plan is to make uh, Jacksonville the the center of the fitness universe. And I, I think they've got the chops and the connections to to pull it off, which is really cool. So I think Sandlot Jackson will be an annual thing. So I'll come uh, I'll come knock out a Go Recommend in Michigan if you uh, make a trip down for uh, Sandlot Jacks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to see. <laughs> yeah. But in the meantime, dude, like it is um, – it, it like – rucking done right is such a community oriented thing Uh and so even in settings like ours like with you having your own church up there like uh, a rucking small group makes so much sense and is so accessible and it is such a it's a community thing because you don't have to build like you can work in like a, a ruck or sandbag workout if you want but it doesn't have to be any more elaborate then put some weight on your back and let's go for a walk. And so there's ample time to, to just talk and, and, you know, hang out and get to know people. You can bring the dogs, you can bring the kids like rucking's very family friendly. It's very group friendly. And Hey, if you happen to ruck to the donut shop, fine, whatever. Like it's not about, uh, you know, turning into Arnold Schwarzenegger. You can like it, it is going to add uh, health and longevity to your life, but it's not like this intense thing. It can be, that's what's so cool. It's scalable. Like you can have two people out on the same ruck and one suffering under 50 pounds and one's thrown 10 or 20 bo- you know, pounds in their, in their bag and can barely feel it. And they're both kind of getting what they want or need out of it. So uh, it's a, it's a neat thing. And of course, you know, if you're going to do it, if you're going to give it a go, 
then you go to solidsimplepodcast.com, you click the Go Ruck link, and when you buy an awesome Go Ruck bag or some of their awesome apparel to ruck in or some of their great shoes, then we get to wet our beak a little bit. It's win-win. <laughs> I thought it was win-win-win. What? There's three wins in there? I didn't. I don't. I didn't. I guess. I don't know. I, the three wins there are you get the great, awesome, sturdy, like, last forever, and if it doesn't, Scars will fix it for you gear. Go Ruck gets to make some money. We get a little money. So it is win, win, win. There you go. I, I did. <laughs> I did leave a win off. So, but yeah, don't don't wait on me to get up there. Get get you get you a Ruck and get after it. But yeah, I'm I'm down, man. It'd be awesome. It's it's beautiful country up there. So it's not. I think most of us outside of Michigan here, in Michigan, and think uh, Detroit, and I have no interest in visiting Detroit whatsoever, um, unless uh, you know we get together with physicist Jason and we do figure out time travel. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know that there was ever a good time in Detroit because it was, it was like mafia at one point. And then it was, I mean, it was just, it's always been bad just for different areas and different reasons, but Grand Rapids is beautiful. Lansing is beautiful. You get up here and it's, it's rolling hills and pine trees everywhere, pinewood forests and beautiful rivers and lakes. And, uh, it's, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of amazing hiking and, dirt bike trails and everything else in between well yeah man i i'm down i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna do some uh some go uh, my i threw my back out a couple weeks ago first time ever my back was like legit out don't uh i don't recommend it uh i'm still not 100 percent back from that i am back to where i can i can rock and that doesn't hurt the back but some some other stuff the workouts are still problematic so i'm not sure how much i'm gonna be able to get done at sandlot jacks i'm gonna suck it up as much as i can there's oh that's one of the other things the the go ruck basic event that they're running on sunday there tim kennedy is going to be one of the cadre for it so i'm like nobody nobody on this planet right now has a go ruck patch that they earned in an event that tim kennedy was was a cadre at doesn't exist so i might have to suck it up for some things we'll see i certainly don't want to injure it more that would that would be dumb so i'm going to try and check the machismo i'm going to do what i can but uh uh, we're, we're looking at, uh, myself, Mike redacted a couple other people that uh, are podcast listeners doing another 12 mile star course in Tallahassee coming up in June. Uh, and then I really want to knock out, uh, I think a 26 miler again in, uh, uh, in November, uh, around that same Chad 1000 X uh, time uh, there in Jacksonville working towards, I'd really like to do, uh, the 50 miler in DC in 2020, 2020 or, uh, 2023. So we'll, we'll see that's, that's early in the year, but that's, that's kind of one. I've been, I've been wanting to take a trip to DC and it's yeah. not that far from us. No. Well, and what I really want to work towards, uh, which if you listen to the podcast with Jason McCarthy is I, I really would in 2024 like to go and do the, the 50 mile star course in Normandy. That's, that's something that might actually uh, be able to get me to go to France. <laughs> so, so we'll see, but yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. I, it's, it's no secret. I'm, I'm a, a fan, not just of go Ruck the company, but the activity of rucking, uh, it's just so beneficial to your health. It's so accessible. It is. It, it is low impact. I'm. I'm just a fan all the way. And it's so scalable. Like I said, you can, you can make it as hard or or as. E- I mean, it shouldn't be too easy, right? Uh, you you want some some struggle. That's the, that's where the growth's at. The whatever you want to achieve, it's it's on the other side of some some struggle, guaranteed. Uh, so it shouldn't be too easy. But it doesn't it doesn't have to be a, a beat down either. So yeah, it's good stuff. At some point, you got to get up and move. You guys have you guys have talked a lot about that, and the older you get, the more mature that you get, the less necessity that there is to move around as much. But 
that's part of the reason why your parts all start falling apart. And if you get up and move, it, it keeps you young. Well, and yeah, you know, there, there's the concept of an object in motion stays in motion, right? For sure. Uh, but also, uh, you know, once you're a sedentary, that, that initial push, it's tougher, right? Like you think about if you're trying, you got a stalled out car and you're trying to push it. That initial effort to get it rolling is the worst part of it. Once you get it, it moving, it doesn't quite take as much effort to keep it going. But that initial, um, uh, that initial shove, that's, that's where a lot of the work is at. And the, the longer you sit there, the tougher it gets. I mean, you think about, I don't know, like throwing something out in your yard and leaving it. If it stays there long enough, the grass starts to go around it and the weeds start to go around it. And now you can't just go pick the thing up. You got to cut the stuff around it. And, uh, Man, you can't see the grass and the weeds growing on your couch, but they're they're there. And the the more time you you uh, you sit there, the the tighter the the grip gets on you, and uh, and it's tougher. So yeah, I mean, if you've got it, don't lose it. And uh, if you did lose it, get it back as quick as you can because it only gets tougher. Oh yeah. So, and on that note, uh, Sound Some Podcast brought to you by Advil. <laughs> so. We're all yeah, getting I, older. Time goes yeah. by too fast anymore. Indeed, it does. You know, I've 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 read uh, uh, about this though. Mark Sisson talks about this. Like part of what makes time seem like it passes so quick um, is uh, when your routine is too familiar. And there's actually studies on it. So just doing things you haven't done before, doing new experiences, taking new routes to places. Uh, again, there, there's science to back it up. The passage of time will seem slower to you. So do new things. It'll slow things down. Time travel. Take that, physicist Jason. <laughs> he, so. He's a smart dude, man. Uh, there yeah. was, when you guys were talking, that was, I think, two episodes back or whatever. Um, it was, I can't remember where it was, but there is at one point, man, he started making my head spin. I was just like, good Lord, man. Dude, dude is smart. Yeah, that's, that's one of those you got to, anytime Jason's on, it's one of those you got to listen to uh, that Jason. Uh, not our other two Jasons or Jason McCarthy. I guess we're up to four Jasons, but uh, you, you got to listen to his episodes more than once to, to catch everything. So I think it was, I think it was when you were talking about the different infinities. That's what it was. When you guys so, got into the different infinities, I'm just I like, I still think that one's bull crap. That's just, there's, inf- <laughs> it's, it's infinity. There's infinity. So, but now the infinity between one and two is bigger than the infinity between one and one and a half. I'm like, well, yeah, but the one between one and a half is nestled between the one between one and two. They're the same infinity. You just picked a slice of it. So he's probably right and I'm probably wrong, but I don't like it. <laughs> so but he's on the side of Neil deGrasse Tyson. So <laughs> there you go. Who am I to argue? But well, dude, this was long overdue. We didn't hit on it. Jason is, uh, of course, Mike Redacted rightfully uh, gets the uh, the credit as our, our OG supporter. He was the the first one to to hop there on Patreon. But uh, Jason uh, literally, uh, we'll keep the numbers to ourselves. But Jason was throwing money at us before, like he had even figured out we were doing Patreon. I think he's just like, whatever you guys are doing, I'm in. I support it right from the jump, and is of course uh, a Patreon supporter now as well, which we appreciate greatly and. Uh, a regular listener and uh, should have been on uh, long before now. So I'm glad we've rectified it and I uh, appreciate you coming on, dude. It's a good yeah, time. This was awesome, man. I've missed you guys a lot for real. And uh, it's one of the things that I've loved the most about it. And I know that's kind of the thought process behind the podcast is to kind of have that conversation at lunch type vibe. And uh, man, it's, 
I, I have arguments with you guys in my car as I'm driving, but uh, <laughs> I, I love it, man. This is this has helped me feel uh, and stay connected, and so this is awesome, and it's a privilege and an honor to be on here with you guys. It's cool, man. Really, really appreciate uh, the support. Appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll do it again for sure in in person, maybe up there, down here, uh, whatever. We can uh, toast with some some Jocko goes uh, as one does, and uh, and do this uh, properly all in the same place. But uh, listeners, we we love and appreciate you too tuning in each and every week because who would skip a week? What are we monsters? So uh, we we appreciate you. And uh, as always, uh, do us a little favor. Hit up the the website, solid7podcast.com. Solid, the number 7podcast.com. Links to the latest episodes, affiliate and ambassador links, so you can get your your GORUCK gear there, your your Jocko Fuel. And uh, uh, as always, got that promo code for for the Jocko Fuel, and it all helps the podcast out just a little bit. All the links to our very limited Social media right there. You can follow us. There's a, a link there, which Jason himself has done. Uh, you can click the the link to rate the podcast and it will show you whatever device you're on, whatever apps you have that are like available avenues for you to rate the podcast. It will show you that. So you're like, oh, I can go on and rate and review there. I can go on and rate and review, review there. Uh, and that's really a great way to help us out because that all does play into all these stupid algorithms that run the world now. And uh, the more ratings and reviews we get, the more people they go, hey, you might like this. Uh, So that helps out a ton. And then, of course, you can always do, as Jason has done, click the little P, take yourself over to Patreon, become a Patreon supporter. And uh, you can get yourself a a better than average coffee mug from which you can drink the beverage of your choice. It could be coffee. It could be a Jocko Go. Uh, You know, I wouldn't be crazy about it if it was tea. Like we fought a war to not have to drink that puddle water. But it's your mug. Do, do do you do whatever you want. Uh, but Patreon support, uh, definitely a great way to, to help us out and, uh, you know, hopefully grow the podcast and, uh, and maybe get better. I don't know, marginally. I don't know how much potential there is here, but it all, it all helps. So listeners, we love you. We mean it. And, uh, we'll catch you on the flippity flip. Laters. See ya. See ya.